Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome back to another episode of Why Always Us with me, James, and... Uh, Jamie, and today we're in the same room, James. How crazy is that? I know, we are in officially phase one, 1.5, something, three, I don't know, of uh, lockdown in mm-hmm. Barcelona where we both live, and it's, it's really nice to, to see you, touch you, Ooh. smell you. Mm, a bit too far there, James. Just yeah. to see each other from a safe distance is fine. Uh, we're, we're sitting two meters apart, listener. Don't uh, don't fret for us. We're all right, really. Yeah, two electricity meters yes. apart is <laughs> how, how we're sat. Um, so yeah, so how how's your week been, Jamie? It's been, you know, as you say, we're allowed to now go out and do stuff. We can go to the pub and have a drink outside in the on the terrace, which is you know, Kenny Beans Bar. So it's lovely. The weather's been really nice. Got shorts on, you know. But what I'm really missing and what I'm really excited about, James, is the return of football. It's coming back, finally. Yeah, the Premier League is returning, uh, what they call it, Project Project Restart. <laughs> yeah. Really imaginative title for the restarting of something. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so in just a couple of weeks' time, I'll be able to get back and you'll be able to get back to watching our teams mm-hmm. lose football matches yes. and making us angry um, as ever. Who Spurs got up first there, James? Uh, easy fixture, uh, Manchester United Ooh. away, I think. Okay. I mean, does home and away even matter anymore? Yeah, Is it I a do. thing? <laughs> I don't Doesn't know. So. Do, you, do you think that if it was a home, a home match, is there a chance that the Spurs fans are going to turn up outside to try and G on their team? Uh, no. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Okay. I think, I actually think, you know, generally our fans are quite sensible. Mm-hmm. And well, also, other than the supporting Tottenham part. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just a curse you're born with, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. I, I'm a good, I, I've, I've got some friends who said, like, if, if they're able to, mm-hmm. find a pub beer garden nearby to meet up. Because I, I think most people really, for me anyway, I mean, I, I miss watching football because I miss watching it with my friends and having yeah. a, a drink. And yeah, yes, I miss going to White Hart Lane as well. But, but actually, it's the social side. So I think people will still try and do that mm. from a safe distance. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie, do you think Arsenal fans will turn up? I mean, why break the habit of a lifetime? And... <laughs> well, we've, we've got Man City away. So we, I think, and also when we, we've still got to play the North London Derby, of course, at yeah. White Hart Lane, where, if the, or wherever it's going to be. Uh, so I would, I would not imagine, it's, it's never pleasant as an Arsenal fan to go up to White Hart Lane at the best of times under normal circumstances, but can you imagine now, you know? Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird one. I'm not, I'm not really looking forward to it. I'm no. sorry. I know this is we're supposed to be positive, but I just, I just want it over and done with. I feel like the whole thing is just mm-hmm. a, a, a tick box to, to make sure we get Liverpool their title and, and make sure we find out who's relegated. Oh, and the money. Don't forget the money. James. And the money and the money, which everyone needs. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but you know, maybe once it, gets into it I'll, I'll be more excited it'll be nice to see our old friends yeah I mean the pitch. I think it's you know one of the things we're watching German football is that you don't really care 
so the Bundesliga is on and it's like, well, you know, I know these play, who these players are. They're usually very good. But, um, you know, it just doesn't, it's not the same as when it's your team, you know, going up against the big rivals. So I think you're right. When, it's, when it starts gets going and we've got the, you know, you've got you've the, you're watching the first game, I think you'll be right back into it. You'll have a beer, you'll have the football, just like old times. One thing I'm looking forward to about the North London derby is, you know, normally when there's, there's a bit of handbags in that game. Yeah. And although you can see it, a lot of the noise of it is drowned out by mm. the crowd. But unless they do something clever with delay, you're going to yeah. hear, you know, Lots of sea bombs. Lamella, yeah, <laughs> shouting something at uh, whatever dickhead place you these mm-hmm. days. Uh, anyway, um, so this week, who have we got on this week? Oh, it's an Evertonian. An Evertonian? Yes. Are they particularly hard done by? I'm... Well, I mean, we, we listener, we, we were kind of recording this after the show. So we've kind of done it and talked to our, to our Evertonian friend. So I would say that, well, the, the decisions that he's made... You would have to say yes, <laughs> based on this. Yes. Yeah, it's um. We got we got uh, a guy called Ped from uh, Toffee TV, a massive Everton uh, YouTube channel, and, mm. and, and and of course they have a podcast. They're they're pretty big bananas. Um, I don't know why I said big bananas. Yeah, I've I never just... said big bananas in my fucking life. No, you definitely cut that bit out. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> if I could be bothered. Keep it. Um, but but yeah, when it. You know, when it comes to the ethos of this show and, and, mm. and looking at things that have gone wrong and, and why always us. And look, bad refereeing decisions happen. Mm. They happen to every club. But sometimes something happens to your club where you just feel like the gods have it in for you. Mm. And then something happens like that a second time, yes. possibly a third. Mm. And then you start to wonder really if, if, if there is a football god and mm. they just hate your team. And I think it's fair to say, we're not going to spoil it because no. it's to come. But um, some of the stuff that's happened to Everton over the years, I wouldn't wish on, uh, on any football club. Even Arsenal? All right, I wouldn't wish on almost any football club. <laughs> Except Arsenal. <laughs> Except the Gooners. Okay. So, yeah, so on that note, uh, let's, let's get straight yeah. into it. Enjoy the show. So welcome, Ped, very much to uh, to Wildways Us. Uh, thanks for thanks for joining us, mate. No problem, no problem at all. Um, so, Ped, you obviously yeah you do a Toffee TV, um, but tell us a little bit about yourself before we uh, before we get into things. Um, Middle aged man having a crisis. I, I imagine that's why I probably do uh, YouTube and podcasts. Um, been doing it for like 10 years. Actually started, did my first podcast, ten, I think it was 10 years ago, a couple of days ago. And um, it's just built in, just built from there. Um, predominantly to my Everton and um, the misadventures of being an Evertonian. And yeah, it's now, it's now my full-time job, which is brilliant. Getting to talk about football all the time is living the dream. And um yeah, it's it's you know really enjoy, really enjoy it. Really, don't know. I I actually enjoy the culture more than I think I enjoy football these days. Um, it's become quite testing, but you know, it's going to get even more testing in the coming weeks. But but yeah, um, yeah, full time and 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 as I said, just just love talking about football. Yeah, and, and I, I guess the season must have been a bit of a nightmare, what with Liverpool being so ridiculously good, or are you, are you at peace with that at this point? 
Yeah, I, I to be honest, I've been a piece of it for some time. I think um I think when a team is the best and they're clearly the best and there's um there's very little you can say. The worst thing about Liverpool is I don't actually hate any of their players. I certainly don't hate their manager. I've, in fact, I really like their manager. That's what makes it even worse. But I suppose that's what makes it better. It's about rivalries, isn't it? And you can't find natural rivalries with somebody um, in the opposition. And it's hard to it's hard to have any kind of hate for them. Um, we just, I just, we just get on with it. It's, it, they've been, they've been practically the league winners for months and months and months. And even when this pandemic started, I wasn't holding out any hope that that was going to cause them not to win it. Um, it's one of those things. I think it's, it's like last year when they won the Champions League. I know it was against, you know, against Spurs. It was when it was done. It was done. It was like it was like the worst bit was the anticipation they might win something. But once they'd won it, they'd won it, and you just get on with your life and um, hope that your club can do better. Um, and that's it, really. I, I've, it's it's actually probably made it worse that there's been this gap. Whereas before, what we were always fearing was they'd win it at Goodison, and I know they can win it at Goodison now. Technically, that sort of come back, <laughs> but um, but it's it's no. I'm happy with that. I'm all right with it. That they are the. In fact, actually, I will say they're not the best team. Man City is still the best footballer team. They just they've just got this very 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 good. Um, way of playing football. It's not the best way of playing football, but it's a very, very good, effective way of playing football. I just call them the machine um, because they just, they just, there's something in the water, clearly. I'm not going to say what is in the water, but I do get a feeling that Lance Armstrong's got something to do with it. But um, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, we, uh, I didn't ask you on here to talk about Liverpool and go through the pain <laughs> of that, but obviously, you know, the, the context of it. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Everton's season then so far, it's been a bit up and down. I guess it's yet another transitional season for you guys. Um, what's been your view of it at the moment and, and how is the, the sort of corona break? Has it been a positive thing for you guys or, or, or has it been a negative? Well, the Corona break has actually been a massive negative because um, I think in terms of financial, I think it's it's wiped any chances of really improving the squad in the summer. We had we had certainly one player lined up that was due to come in um, at centre-back. And I think that's gone now. And I think we had to bring in a couple and get rid of a couple. And I just think that's all gone. And I think we'll... You know, this that we've obviously seen major progress under Carlo Ancelotti, um, but you could obviously see that there's still gaping holes in our team. And you, our last performance, we got beat four 0 by Chelsea, and we were we were absolutely abysmal on the day. And it all surrounds the midfield. The midfield's absolutely woeful, um, and we we can't go out really and strengthen it by the looks of it. So financially, it's really hit us hard. Um, and, you know, I think next season we were all looking forward to it with a lot of positivity it would be Carlo Ancelotti's first full season. But now it's hard really to get excited because I think we, he'll be he'll be using the same players. And don't get me wrong, I think he'll improve a lot of those players because he has improved them already. But it, it'll be next season will probably feel like just a continuation of this season. And I think like it I think it'll feel like that for everybody, because I don't think there's gonna be much of a gap. I don't think anyone's really gonna be buying anybody. 
And I think I think it's just going to feel like a continuation, like a real long slog. So um, that's the disappointing part. But the difference is we have got Carlo Ancelotti now. We had an absolute joker in Marco Silva, uh, just just an absolute imposter of a, of a, of a football manager. And um, and we can only get better, I imagine, under Carlo Ancelotti. That's what you hope, anyway. But I've watched Everton long enough to know that that might not be the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 uh, I should add at this point, by the way, that normally uh, I've got my co-host Jamie with me, but he's late and I'm putting it on record on this podcast, but he's, he might arrive any minute. Uh, so if he does, we'll, we'll bring him in as well. Just so he, Jamie's an Arsenal fan. So he's, well, I guess the last few years he's had a lot to moan about, but at least <laughs> he's seen his team win something yeah. of, of, of value. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, you know, obviously the, the, the uh, the topic of this podcast is things that have gone wrong for your club. And actually, from my perspective at Everton, I'll never forgive you for giving me my first great disappointment as a Spurs fan in the uh, the mid-90s when you beat us 4-1 in the FA Cup semi-final, which we were, <laughs> we were sort of yeah. destined to win because we were actually being thrown out of it at the beginning of the season. Alan Sugar, the chairman, did a, won a legal battle, got us back in. And uh, we had Jurgen Klinsmann up front. And, you know, I was, I was new to football. And I was like, who's, I don't know, Everton? Who are Everton? You know, they're not Man United. We should beat them. Daniel Amakachi decided to have the best game of his life. I don't know how old you are, Pet. I'm not going to ask because I'm too polite. But I don't know if you remember this. I do remember it. But, uh, I remember. yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe, wow, so, you know, Spurs would lose the semi-final 4-1. We got battered. Um, but since then, I think yeah, Everton Spurs has always been quite an interesting, uh, an interesting matchup. A lot of draws, I think, over the time, and you know we've both got noisy neighbours who like to say we're in their shadow. Um, you know, and I, I know that whenever I watch this up at Goodison, I feel your your crowd more than any um, really get on top of the ref for it when when anything any decision goes against them, or you know, they uh, they like a moan from my experience. I don't know if uh, if that's fair to say. <laughs> yeah, we love them own. That's yeah. our that's our um that's our thing. Um yeah, we are we our home crowd is um <laughs> it it goes both ways. Actually if, in a game of football sometimes our crowd can be just quiet, which is the case in a lot of Premier League grounds now. And it, it what it needs either is either a is a really bad decision by the referee or a really like good tackle from one of our players. In fact, this goes back to, it goes back a long few years, but there was one a few years ago where we were actually playing Man United in a game and, and um, I think it was 2009. Phil Neville was playing for us. He'd been at the club. He'd been at the club for like four or five years and no one really accepted him. He used to captain, but he was always, he, uh, he was actually on TV speaking about this recently yeah, and he was the captain and no one really liked him. And, and um, the season wasn't really going anywhere. It was quite quite a slow start to the season. And anyway, he goes in for this 50-50 with Ronaldo. And, you know, you can imagine with Ronaldo, suddenly a 50-50 with Ronaldo, makes, it makes it look like it's a 90-10 the way he threw himself about. It was a fair tackle. So he's, he's rolling all over the ground. Gary Neville storms over to Phil Neville. Um, Ryan Giggs runs over. And the whole atmosphere in the ground completely changed like everyone was 
like obviously back and Phil Neville. I think we got a point in the game and we got to the FA Cup final. I think we finished fifth that season. And it was all because of that moment. And that's literally what our fans are like. It's like they need something to get them going. It's, you know, someone to like insult their mum or something. It's like, it's this real primordial thing where, and it, you find that a lot of times at Goodison. It's like a, a crowd can be sitting there, can be watching the best football ever, but they just don't stay. And it just needs that, just needs that. Someone to go and boot someone and, and to get in a bit of a fight or a bad refereeing decision. And um, they're the best games normally at Goodison Park when something like that happens. Yeah, I think I can hear. Hello, hello, Jamie hello. walking in. Nice of you to join us, Jamie. Sorry. I have to, uh, <laughs> should I press the or? Yeah, if you will, if you will. We actually started recording, mate. I've already called you oh. out for, uh, for being late. For God's sake. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Anyway, nice setup there. I'm digging the, the Everton kits. Looking very nice. <laughs> yeah, we've got, his, Ped's got, for those who can't see, because we obviously just audio this, but Ped's got mm. uh, a nice Zoom background of some classic Everton kits. It's it's because my room, which I'm in, is so untidy that even even with a video that's not going out to the public, I would not share it with anybody. <laughs> so I always put my this is like my this is like the Toffee TV studio. So I always put that in the background to make it look like um um like it like you know this is the studio. It's it's so good actually that I've got a green. I've actually got a real green screen in me in my house. Um, and with a couple of like lights that you buy off Amazon, I can make a couple of shows look like I'm in the studio. Like that's how amazing it is now doing YouTube. You can literally make your the untidiest room in your house with with a couple of little uh, odds and ends off Amazon and and your mobile phone recording it. You can make it look like it's a proper TV studio. It's it's amazing how things have have moved on in the world. Nice. I yeah. My my background is currently in my spare bedroom. Um, but just imagine if you will yeah. what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So, so that we've done we've done Everton season so far. Um, I think fair to say, much like both our clubs, mid-table mediocrity calls whenever the football season manages to finish. <laughs> um, so, why don't we get into? Uh, so, have you prepared uh, some of your uh, your most infamous uh, moments where you felt that Everton were were screwed over over the years you've been supporting them well I, I sent you a I sent you a couple of things in an email and I wasn't quite sure if you'd if you've if you've read it you probably won't quite understand the um <laughs> what I've written because literally what I, what I sent to you was two world wars and um Heisel and and and, and basically every single Merseyside derby ever so let me just clarify the two world wars because people will be like, like what Everton are the most unluckiest club in the history of the world ever, right? And th- and I'll clar- no, I'll clarify. I can see your faces. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were champions when both world wars broke out. <laughs> so therefore, the following season and the following seasons after that, we were stripped, robbed of our champion team, championship winning teams. So in effect, Everton could have nine more league titles if it wasn't for the Germans. To that, you can't tell me anyone is more unlucky than that. Liverpool can talk about pandemics breaking up their league title, which they're still going to get, even though it's going to have a big asterisk next to it. 
But no one can tell me that any other club is more unlucky with world wars breaking out after they'd won the league because I simply will not believe you. There's no way on earth. There's no, unless you are SC Chernobyl. There's no, <laughs> there's no other team. There's no other team that can be more unlucky than ever not from that point of view. It just can't have happened. Does that, in, in, that, in that respect, are you surprised that you weren't top of the league this season when this all kicked off? <laughs> that's, well, that's always our thing. We're always like dead worried that we, if we win the league, that like North Korea might just kick off or something <laughs> because we, we're fully expecting World War Three in, 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 if we ever win the league. I know other, other clubs can cry it in, but no club can cry in that. There's, just, just not, there's no other club that can cry in two world wars. It simply can't happen. So um, that's, that's definitely my first, my first, you know, only us. That could only happen. It only happened to us. There's been two world wars and we were the champions for both of them. So no other club can say that. So I'm, I'm having that. That's, that's like, that's to me, that's nine other, that's nine league titles to me. So I'm putting them down there. You know, I'm, I'm putting them down as, um, as the leagues that we lost. So we're on, we're on 18 league titles now. Thanks for that. They, they had won the league already, though, right? When So before the first one, well, you were the champions already. Yeah. And I guess you're assuming that you would have gone on to win it. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly dominated. We would have dominated the war years. Dominated both wars. You would have stopped. There's no one out there can prove they would have stopped us. The only people who stopped us were the Kaiser and Hitler. They're the only people who could have stopped us. So um, I'm having them. I'm having them. And no one can. But that, like, you tell that to. It's a joint partnership, yeah. those two. To be yeah, honest. I mean, I mean. Uh, I think both of them pull heavily to the right. So mm. you're going you're gonna to you're gonna have to get someone on the left-hand side. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, like, no one else can say that. <laughs> and if you, like, that wins any eye. When, oh, yeah, this happened or that happened. Did World Wars happen? No, they didn't, mate, did they? So shut up. You didn't have your league. You didn't have, all, like, your players decimated or, or, you know, your club decimated or even, you, or even, you, or even your stadium bombed or whatever <laughs> because <laughs> of two <laughs> <laughs> was that ever mentioned by older fans? You know, sort of, wow, we would have won this or anything like that. Was it still sort of carried on from the older generation and passed down to you? Or did you find no, out sort of doing the research? No, no, I just, I just, I just, you know, just by general research and when we'd won the league title, it was just like, what? It's to be honest, it's not really mentioned because I think people go, oh, the world wars, you're not really allowed to mention that. Yes, you are. I'm, I'm having them all. If they, if like, you know, if, if other people can cite pandemics and stuff then i'm citing two world wars i don't care uh, you know we, we were we, a lot of people were robbed of stuff we were robbed of 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 our of two great footballing teams so um no there's you know there's no uh, it's not something that comes up in conversation every single day you know but mm. but i'm certainly going to have it in this conversation because <laughs> people just need to be made aware how much everton football club have been robbed through the years well, that, that's the service we're providing Absolutely. with this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> that's why we're here. Mm. Your moment. Free <laughs> safe space for you. Yeah. Do you know what? I mean, on, on a somber note, I guess, do, do you know what happened with the players of those teams? Did a lot of them die on the battlefield or was it just by the time it was all over, their, their prime of their careers was done? What, you know, I think some of them... don't know the history. I don't... I'll be honest with you. I've never really... I'm sure someone has, but I'm, I've never really looked into the research of it. But I'm, I know that... Certainly, some of them would have gone to war, and by the time, um, by the time the wars were over, certainly the Second World War, I think, I think that um, even though football, a lot of football was played during that time, um, that players were lost to it, or either you know, I'd, 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 you know, you can imagine, you can imagine the time then the different, the different standards people lived in the ration 
injections and all that kind of thing. There's no way people could have kept up with um, a, hel- a, a healthy lifestyle for us being a Premier League, uh, a football league player at the time. So um, I think by the time it was all done and dusted, both teams, I would imagine, will have come and gone completely. So, um, but. Yeah, it's 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 just a it's just a mad it's just a mad set of circumstances though that 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 happened to us. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm definitely having that one. Do you, do you think things would be different now if you'd had those additional titles, or do you think after the second world war everything just got a bit reset anyway? I, I think listen, they are too well. I can sit here and sort of not have a joke about them, but just point them out and say, you know, these two things. But there are definite other things in our history, which which we'll come on to, which definitely have reshaped the balance of Everton Football Club um, and our, our place in where people see us. Like you said, when, in your opening, you were talking about 1995 and the fact that you were like, well, who are Everton? Well, in 1995, it was only eight years since we'd won our last league title. And and you as a fan are like, well, who are, the, who are these? Who is this team? And that's, I think, now how a lot of people look at Everton. It's like, oh, they're just, they're just Everton. And yet we're the, still the fourth most successful team in English football. But people do look at us like that. And there are genuine um, moments in, in football why that is. Some of them out of our control. Some of them sort of within our control. But there's definite reasons why we don't get looked at like we are one of the big boys. All right, so we've got two World Wars. I yeah. think that's off that's, 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 that's a, a Strong start, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, do you know what? I, I, I didn't see your email. <laughs> but I know, I, having heard you talk, I know, I know what's going to come later, and I, it might be the next one, but we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, when, when you talk about um, things that happen outside of the club's control, mm. uh, there's definitely a few things I know about from Everton, so I'm sure we'll cover those. So. I mean, what is, what's your next, uh, what's your next one? Well, the next one is the, you know, I can't, you know, you could pick out individual games, but you know, in terms of my eight, how old I am, you know, the next one for me in terms of, uh, in my age was, was definitely Heisel. So if anyone doesn't understand what Heisel was, basically in 1985, Everton won the league, won the, um, won the Cup Winners' Cup from winning the, uh, the the FA Cup D before. And then before we get to Hazel, actually one of the things which is really annoying is, is that we played in the European Cup Winners' Cup on the Wednesday night. And on the Saturday, we played in an FA Cup final against Manchester United. So there was literally a gap of two days between playing a European Cup Winners' Cup final, which we won, to an FA Cup final, which would have got us, the, which would, if we'd won, would have made us the first holders of a treble, the double and a European trophy. We went to Wembley. Obviously, we'd won, we'd won the European Cup. For, uh, players were either tired or maybe... Well, they, the players claim they didn't drink or didn't celebrate it. But there's always the thing of like you know getting back and having to recover. And So we went to Wembley on the Saturday. We got beat 1-0 in extra time. They had a man sent off. First player ever to be sent off in an FA Cup final. And um, they basically sat behind the ball for like the whole game then because they had 10 men. Our players were completely knackered and Norman Whiteside scored the winning goal, uh, which stopped us from getting the treble. And I really believe if we'd got the treble that year, again, we'd be looked at completely different because the following year, Liverpool won the double, um, basically beat, beat us in the final and um, and uh, beat, beat us for the title by a couple of points. And they, they obviously were looked... It was the first time someone had done the double, I think, since... 
it was since Arsenal, I think. And obviously Spurs had done it in the 60s. So um, they were like footballer moments. But after the cup final, Liverpool played um, Juventus in Belgium in Heisel. Now, the whole stadium was just a complete joke. Policing was a complete joke. Um, there was a lot of mitigating circumstances. But in the end, because of rioting, 39, 39 people died at the football match. So. Without accounting any blame onto anybody, the British government decided that they were going to ban all European, uh, all English clubs from football. This was backed up by UEFA, but it was English football. It was, it was actually, uh, it was the government, sorry, it was, it was Margaret Thatcher who decided. She hated football, absolutely hated football. So she, she banned us from European football. Um, so it was a five-year ban. So essentially Everton, again, Everton's best ever team, this is Everton's best ever team, were banned from Europe for five years for something they had nothing to do with, absolutely nothing to do with. Our record was absolutely impeccable. Um, but this had been a thing that had been happening for, there'd been a build-up of a few years of hooliganism in England and, and on the continent. It was happening everywhere, by the way. It wasn't just English fans. People think it was always English fans. It was a lot of, it was a lot of different countries. But also the the... The policing was really bad. The stadiums were really bad. And anyway, we got banned for five years. And essentially, the following year, as I mentioned there, in 86, we were pipped to the double by Liverpool. We went on and won the league in 87. But we started to see a lot of our, our better players starting to leave the club. And they were all... People were going to places like Glasgow Rangers because there was a lot of money in Scotland and they were playing in Europe. Um, and just players starting to drift out, players starting to age out, and we weren't replacing them with better players. And you go from seeing a, a team where all the players are 20, 23, 24, a few, little, a few older players. Buying, we bought Gary Lineker as well. We just bought Gary Lineker, the, be, you know, the best striker, basically got the golden boot in the World Cup in 86. And... Um, we were we were on our way. We we were we were set for dominance again, and to so be banned from Europe for five years and whatever the reasons and whatever the whoever the responsibility lies with, to see a club banned for, for, for its greatest ever team banned from Europe for five years. It, I mean, literally now, forget about what we were talking about before with World Wars. This is something that still sticks with us. This is something that fans of my age and fans who are older than me and like my dad, my dad and people like that. They they can't ever forget this, um, ever. And and the sad thing is, it's rubbed in. It's still rubbed in by Liverpool fans who think it's funny to laugh about it. Like there's a there's a flag in the in the in the cop that says uh, Stal Bucharest '86, and that's because Stal Bucharest won the European Cup in '86. Like uh, that to me is an absolute disgrace. But they think it's hilarious. Um, so yeah, that 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 to be honest, that's the major one. And you know you. Again, something that's completely out of our hands, and and again, there's no we, because now we live in a very sort of Premier League era, and everything's 1992 onwards. People don't quite understand that these there are these moments in people's history, and it doesn't matter how long ago if they if they set you on a course that you can't quite come back from, because because certainly because football was about to change as well. Um, it, it was um it was obviously it was one of the biggest moments in our history. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose if you'd had a good run at Europe, you'd kept those better players, you'd replace some better players, and then you're suddenly at the in '92, mm. 
Premier League's coming in, and you know, you, you I arguably could have been the uh, the biggest club going into that, right? Well, the the, <laughs> the irony is as well is um, you know, if it, listen, it's all ifs and buts and maybes. I've spoke to a lot of the players recently because there was a the documentary film brought out um, late last year um, about that team called Howard's Way, and we got to sp- speak to all the, all of those players about it and all of them were uh, just adamant that we would have gone on and won the European Cup they just you know that's the kind of confidence they had in themselves but the irony is when the Premier League came in we um, it, was, it was called the Big Five it was um, Liverpool Manchester United Arsenal Spurs and Everton that was the Big Five then um, and we basically brokered the Premier League deal we were the five clubs that were bigger than everyone else who broke away and got into the into a room and said, we need to start controlling football ourselves. We're getting no money. Don't forget, this was a time when there was a lot of TV blackouts as well. Like for some of these some of these seasons, you, you, went, you certainly weren't getting live games, but you weren't getting just like football in general, like coverage of it on the news or highlights or match of the day because there was a blackout. They couldn't agree um, TV deals. So a lot of footage is lost unless there was like, um, you know, you, a lot of the clubs at the time would have had their own cameras for like scouting purposes and stuff like that. So a lot of grainy footage. So the f- top five um, clubs decided they'd had enough of this. And this is where the Premier League basically came from. They'd had enough of this. They wanted to control their own destiny. They didn't feel like they were getting enough enough money themselves. So those five teams sat in a hotel room and, and, and just sorted out the Premier League. And yet, when we went into the Premier League, we were so ill-prepared. It was unbelievable. Like, our chairman was just like, just even though he'd, like, brokered the deal, he was just like, yeah, it's business as normal. So when you see other clubs like um, Manchester United at the start, they just, like, knocked down Old Trafford and rebuilt it and understood, like, the power of the brand all around the world. And we were still acting like a corner shop. Um, and, you know, listen... Arsenal and Tottenham, it took them a little bit later. But in that first season, I remember, certainly Arsenal, they knocked down one of their, their ends of their stadium and rebuilt it because they could see what was coming. Um, every club decided to do something just in line with what the Premier League was. They understand, under, were understanding what was coming. But Everton didn't do that. They just, they just thought oh, it was going to be business as usual and they were just going to keep going as one of these... Oh, big clubs without having to actually change anything and everyone else was changing themselves into a big brand um, and we weren't we were like trying to still be this little small not small club but like this local club with a lo- big local fan base and that was going to be enough for us and everyone else was realising that it was going to become a global game and that again if you add the two things together that's where it led Everton from being champions in 87 to you know in 80 in 93 94 just surviving the drop, you know, against Wimbledon. And, you know, you go from being champion to almost being relegated within seven years. It it shows you how badly mismanaged the club was on top of what had happened with being banned from Europe. So, um, a bit of, like, as I said, a bit of, we've done that to ourselves, but um, but it all it all stemmed back from, from not, from 85 and then what come afterwards. Do you, do you think that, uh, sort of, because Everton have qualified for the Europa League a couple of times, do you think the sort of the more recent lack of success in things like the Europa League, do you think that sort of compounded this as well? That it's like, you know, as you say, it's right back to 85. Do you think it's still having an impact now? I think, it, yeah, I, I think it is because I think, I think the, cl- without, without like harping on about that 
are and saying that's the reason we haven't won anything. The the club itself, as I've just said, completely botched the Premier League. So it allowed other clubs to get this footing above us. The likes of Chelsea, the likes of Man- like Chelsea and Man City. I know there might be people listening, but they they as football clubs are nowhere near like traditionally, historically as big as Everton Football Club. They're just not. They've got money in and that's propelled them. So now they're big clubs and now they've won leagues and things like that. But they still haven't won as many league titles. They, I mean, they will. I'm not stupid. They will. They'll win more league titles than Everton. You know, they'll get up, they'll go past, they'll go past us because they'll win the league titles before we will. But we had a big head start in those clubs and we, we, we threw it away and we threw it away in an era where no one cares about what came before the Premier League. You know, you see fans from all over the world now. They don't care what Everton did in, in the 80s, never mind the 90s. You know, they, they don't care. It, people have very short attention spans now. Um, so no one cares what happened in the 80s. No one cares what happened, uh, you know, before before the Premier League. So we've we've missed the boat massively. And, and by not winning anything in this era and not winning something since 95, it's obviously just compels the idea that Everton are. It's it's like when we I watch things or you see things on like Twitter and stuff, and people put you in brackets of clubs, and it's when Everton get compared to people like West Ham and Leicester, and I honestly just I want to jump jump off a bridge. I really do. I really do. I Is just that like I just, the memes where you've got like yeah God tier. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, those are made by like I just anyway. Yeah. Mostly. Exactly. But I just that's what annoys me. And I don't get me wrong. It's not like it's not. Like, I understand why they do them. But it's like when people go, oh, people like trying to create like faux rivalries with like these clubs, and you're just thinking, who are these clubs? Who are these people? Like these clubs t- couldn't. You know, I, I I make it makes me laugh when I hear like Leicester fans or even like Newcastle fans talk about how big they are, and then you're like. Well, if you're so big, how come you didn't take your full allocation for our way in then? And, and they go, oh, it was a Wednesday night in November. I'm like, I don't care. A Wednesday night in November, I've been with like 10,000 Evertonians in Germany in, for, a, for a Europa League game. That means absolutely nothing. So, you know, the, this is what, like, I'd, I would hate to see the state of this country if Everton won anything because I think we'd just destroy it. I really would. I think that the. the, you, the like England, England at the World Cup, when people are jumping off bus shelters and that sort of stuff. Yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, we just. When I say destroy, I don't mean a bad way. I mean in like a positive way. Uh, <laughs> if you can destroy something in a positive way, like our fans are just are just dying for something, and um, that's not anyone else's fault. But but it's just it just it all these things have just added up over the years and have left us where we are, twenty five years without a trophy. But it's it's like it's not. It's it, it goes back, as I said, it goes back to getting banned from Europe, but it's just progressed on this track of like just just either being unlucky or or just never being able to, you know, there's other other clubs will have their day in the sun where they'll, I don't know, they'll just turn in this really good performance. But for some reason, it just never seems to happen for us. We always, there always seems to be something that blocks our way. Uh, that's what that's what I love about this. Like when we started doing this, is like the first two shows we've done for Newcastle and, and QPR, and a lot of it was based on on-field stuff. And then remember the QPR fans? Who, yeah. uh, sorry, the, the Newcastle fans. Um, I was quite shocked at how small. Like one of them was Shearer being red carded in his in his hundredth game or something was the thing that really got. To them. But you know, then we can't. And now you've got it. Like World wars and and and. and, and <laughs> 
you know, look, everyone's everyone's pain is is relevant. To yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I feel your pain, Ryan. And you know, as a Spurs fan, we've had a, our own share of misfortune, which I will always bang on in this <laughs> podcast all the time because I'm the host. And never gets bored. Never gets bored. Yeah, I think I think we're very much kindred spirits there with, with Everton as it happens. So, Ped, what's uh, what's third on your list, mate? Um, I've I've just to be honest, I. It, I've thrown a couple of like derby moments in, which I just thought would be really funny to talk about. Um, we recently had Don Hutchinson on our show, um, and uh, he he may not even be a name that people know who he is because he played in the nineties, but he's a good commentator now and uh, does a lot of um, lot of lot of stuff around the world on the Premier League and stuff. But he he played in a game um, in two thousand Merseyside derby. Um, where we'd won the derby that season at Goodison. Last time we won a derby at Anfield, sorry, 1999. Last time we won a derby at Anfield. And so we're playing in this derby at, at Goodison. It's the last minute of the game. And Liverpool have got a goal kick. Sander Vestervelt was in goal. And it's nil-nil. And Don Hutchinson's walking away from the goal, back-turned. Everyone's just seen this ball go up in the air, and that's it. Sander Vestal kicks the ball straight at Don Hutchinson's arse. Hits Don Hutchinson and goes in the net. Kid you not. And Graham Paul was the referee. And Graham Paul blew his whistle and decided the game was over and did not give the goal. He was asked afterwards why he did... Well, there's a lot... Don Hutchinson turned around, I had no idea what was going on. It was like, it's gone in the net. It was like, what's going on? Graham Paul basically disallowed the goal, blew up for full time and just ushered everyone off the pitch. After the game, people were like, well, were like furious. Graham Paul came out and said he'd blown the whistle before the ball had gone in the net, which he hadn't. Um, and afterwards, Graham Paul, if anyone knows who Graham Paul remembers Graham Paul. Graham Paul is the referee was in the World Cup in 2006, English referee, who gives three yellow cards to one player in the same game. That tells you how good he is. Um, <laughs> um, and years later, he admitted he had no reason, to, no, had no idea why he disallowed the goal. He just didn't have, didn't know what to do. So he just blew his whistle and, um, and decided it wasn't a goal and, and fin- ended the game. And that basically is just like that's like that's just one moment that sort of encapsulates being an Evertonian with with Liverpool as your neighbours. Like there was one before I was born in 1978, very very similar, semi final of an FA Cup where where an Everton player scored off a cross. Brian Hamilton, his name was, used to be the Northern Ireland manager, and the referee again a terrible referee, um, um, who he disallowed the goal, and. Clive Thomas, this guy's name was. If anyone anyone older, people won't really know who this guy is, but he's another terrible referee. This is a referee who, in the last minute of a World Cup, disallowed a... And this is where it's weird. He disallowed a over... A, I think it was an over a kick by a Brazilian player because as the ball was in the air and he was over a kicking it, he blew his whistle and disallowed the goal. So that's very similar to what Graham Paul did. <laughs> so he disallowed this goal and in 78. And like after the game was asked why the reasons why he disallowed it, it came up with this reason of it. It's something like it contra- contra- 
deemed the rules of the FA Association and all this, like, but never actually said. Then later on, there was talk that the linesman had had new, God, been given a new car. And <laughs> there's all these things. Basically, never never had any reason for disallowing him. And Everton ended up getting beaten the replay, I think, and um, Liverpool went to the final. Um, and that that those two moments just like basically tell you what it's like to be an Evertonian. It's like two moments where a referee has clearly cheated Everton. Like clearly cheated. Both of them have cheated. They've said they've cheated. Everton have not won a game against Liverpool and nobody cares. Like like no like that you can imagine if that moment happened to like Manchester United versus Manchester City or to Manchester City versus Manchester United now. Could you imagine could you imagine the headlines and how long it would be on Sky Sports News for and how long it would be on Sky News for and how long how long people would talk about it and, and the investigations and 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 there'd be talking about betting syndicates and all kinds. And yet this happened in two thousand and literally nobody I don't even think like like there's been a lot of like TV shows recently, like match of the day stuff where they're going over like mad things that happen. I don't even think this even got a mention, like even got a sniff of like how could you how like people will just forget these moments, but for Evertonians and, and this and you love them for your own clubs, these things last forever. And it's that idea of nobody else cares that that's what makes it worse. Mm. It's like it's that they're the things that make it so much worse. It's like, oh well, yeah. Blue his ref, he blew whistle. So what? He's like, yeah, but he hasn't got a reason. Oh yeah, but you know, it doesn't. Does it really matter? You got a point against Liverpool. You should just be happy. And it's like that. It's like that stuff in football, which is the most infuriating stuff. No one minds getting beat. No one minds, you know, when you if you don't if a team beats you or whatever, or you have misfortune. But when it's when there's something going on, when it's a little bit darker, when a referee's conspiring against you, and when it's against your rival, it's it's. Um, Oh, it's just like that's the worst thing in the world. And when no one will listen to you and, and listen to your little sob stories that like you've been harnessing for for twenty odd years. Then, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the worst. The worst is when they'll say, "Yeah, but Liverpool should have had a penalty earlier in that." Yeah, game. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. But you're forgetting that moment where blah blah blah. But for a referee to like literally just not bot- absolutely bottle it, like literally bottle bottle a moment, probably thinking. Oh, uh, this will be replayed forever. That goal that hit that man's arse and went in, and uh, it's like, it's I might as well just blow the whistle, and then no one will be like worried about it or offended or or get upset about it because it's only Everton. And it, we just seem to have a, cl- a catalogue of these things for for years and years and years, where these things just tend to happen to us, and no one, <laughs> no one cares. This is the hardest thing about it being Everton. It's just like no one cares. No Dave, one cares. Can I, can I, can I use cares, my Pedro Mendes quota? Sure. Am I okay. Yeah. Pedro Every Mendes, episode, no. the, the the Pedro Mendes goal at Old Trafford that went over the line. That's yeah. The same thing. No one knew why or how, and it's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's Tottenham. But even even that one, to be fair, get it's like if you look at yeah. ten moments, you, that one comes up a lot. I, I I do know the one you're talking about because I yeah I, me too. I've, I've I've seen some clips of it, um, you know, looking into this show. But you're right, it was you know it, I don't know what was riding on that game other than it being a derby for you. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing actually riding on it. It's just that it's sort of that encapsulates because it's very hard to pick out moments like single moments in the in Mayside derbies um of like things where I can I can sit here and say we were absolutely cheated out that game. But I know myself that there will be 20, 30 times 
where a Liverpool player has thrown himself over and um, and will have been get will have got a penalty for over absolute nothing. I will know all there will be all, all kinds of wrongs um that that I can't put right. Even just little moments that people go, Oh, that, that didn't affect the game. And I, as a football fan, we all know this. There are moments in football games that look very insignificant at the time, but they're almost like a chain reaction happens. Mm. Um and uh, and you can go back to those moments, and those moments don't mean much to anybody, but to football fans, um, you, I think you understand when you feel like I did in a game where momentum shifts one way, and then and 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 you can't get it back, and they, they all come down to these little, just these little moments in in football matches, and I think that they're the they're the things that really annoy me more than anything, more than any like the huge moments in games. I mean, we've we've had so many like handballs and Liverpool players throwing themselves it's always that's the worst thing it's always Liverpool by the way always Liverpool like like there's nothing worse than your bogey team being your local rivals there's nothing worse that's why we're like that's why we were so dreading the idea of Liverpool winning like everything aligning so that he could win the league at Goodison that that that's like that's just it's not deserved it does there's no like you know, it, Liverpool are going to win the league because they deserve the league. But Everton don't deserve to give them hand over the title. It's like there's just think moments like that that conspire in in life that you just you just like go win the league, go win it somewhere else, go win it, go win it at home against Crystal Palace or something. You don't need to win it at Goodison Park. You can win it anywhere you want. So um, yeah, it's it's as I say, there's, it's always hard to pinpoint. But I I just can't get better than two world wars. And a European ban, and I, 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 I dare anyone to come on this podcast and get better than that. Because honestly, unless you played for Dinosaur FC and that meteor scuppered your your treble, then I'm sorry, you're just not beating that. I've got the best sob story, and I'm sticking to it. Well, we're only three episodes in, so I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I think it's. I mean, that's the challenge. Challenge mm. laid down and, and accepted. I think yeah. right. I mean, when you talk about uh, things that happen out of your control, you can't get much better than than uh, Hitler. Yeah, well, yeah, Hitler. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, of course, you know, Arsenal never won the league at their rivals, have they, Jamie? So, uh, oh, I, I seem to remember something on the contrary around well, maybe two thousand and four. Could it be? No, I don't think it happened. No. Was it? Could have been two thousand and two. No, that was Old Trafford. Uh, it definitely, it definitely didn't happen, and it definitely wasn't our ex-captain yeah. in the trophy. Whether it be a, whether it be a, whether it be a blow-up trophy or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Evil laugh. Yeah. Evil laugh. <laughs> All right. Well, look. We're normally at the end of this week. We we give our guests a chance to kind of rattle off any anything else, big or small, that's been on their mind, whether it's incidents players in and out mm. anything random but i mean if if you're happy with two ball balls and heisel we can leave it there or if there's anything ah. else you want to leave on the, the therapist couch then i think the um i think i think people will fully understand my state of mind now um <laughs> holding holding massive uh, issues with with things that happened 75 years ago and and, and more but um yeah, you've done, you've done, you've done a world of good for the uh, for the stereotype of bitter yeah. scousers. Uh, 
But that's the thing, and you know, I mean, we get called bitter, but I, I, I think, I think, um, I think we've got genuine, genuine cause to be slightly angry or this, you know, dismissive of 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 um, of anything they they want. Listen, as I've said, if if you're putting things in the cop that say style Bucharest '86, um, then we're always gonna. If we're there's always a reminder of of why we are angry, then or, or gives us something to be angry about, then we're always gonna be angry. So, but you know, listen, the day will come. The day will come. You know, probably won't be for a while, but the day will come when um, when something will change, um, and we'll see what happens when it does. We'll probably cock it up whatever happens but um ourselves <laughs> but but you know there you go i've lived long enough with it now to just to just uh to just to just for it to just continually burn in my soul yeah so right. you're looking forward to football coming back in a couple of weeks then I, i'm 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 once we get past that that mayside derby which is our fit again yeah let's have a massive lockdown and then bring have the mayside derby as your first game nice one lads thanks for that yeah um at a ground to be confirmed as well. Um, go and play it on the moon or something. Do you know what I mean? Go and play it on the moon. Or so, don't tell anywhere where it's played. Don't show it. And then just tell us the score afterwards. I'll be happy. I'll be fine with that. I'll be absolutely fine with that. Just tell us the score afterwards. And then, and then we'll, um, we can get on with our normal lives. They, they um, can run it like a football manager sim, right? Yeah. We're just like, the so ball goes out for a throw in. Yeah. Wait five seconds. That's more stressful. That's yeah. more stressful. Tickerton more... takes a shot and it went wide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't need a computer simulation to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, nice one. We'll, look, we'll call it a day there, but thanks very much. And I hope, I hope you feel better oh. for letting off, letting some steam there. I've just set the bar. I'm happy with that. I've just set the bar of misery. If anyone wants to come on and beat that, then feel free. But I've just set the bar of misery. So they can do what they want. All right, nice. (laughs) Cheers, mate. Cheers, guys. Why Always Us is hosted and produced by James Regal and Jamie Mansell. This funky theme music was written and performed by Morrison Marr, a.k.a. Moss Stones, on SoundCloud. If you've got any comments for the show or just want to share the pain of supporting your team, you can find us on Twitter at WhyAlwaysUsPod or email us on WhyAlwaysUsPod at gmail.com. And of course, please support us by subscribing on your chosen podcast platform and leaving us a rating and review. Thank you for listening and see you next time.